Welcome back to the Behind the Net Podcast. As always, I'm one of your two co-hosts, Matthew, and joined with me today is... Michael, the other co-host, mm-hmm. and this is actually going to be the last episode of 2020, and wow, what a year it's been. Yeah, it's been a crazy year. Um, yeah, as of right now, we're recording it December 28th, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's kind of a year-end episode, um, a, lot, a lot to look back on, so it'll be fun. But Michael, how was your week so far? How was your Christmas, your holidays? Christmas was good. Uh, you know what they say, as you get older, you kind of start to get happy when you get clothes for Christmas. So pretty much the, the extent of what I got for Christmas this year. So I'm not complaining too much. Mm-hmm. I feel that uh, as you grow older, you know, you kind of don't, you know, I don't want to say you don't care, but you don't, you know, you're, you don't ask for, you know, the big gifts like, you know, video games or toys or things like that. And you're, you know, you're okay with, mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, you don't really want clothes, but now I'm, I'm I like clothes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of the clothes that I bought for got for Christmas, I've already been wearing. So should tell you something how happy I am. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and then uh, my Christmas was pretty good as well. Yeah, just kind of chilled. It was a, a different Christmas this year, I think, for everyone. Uh, Ontario's in lockdown, so you know we're just mm-hmm. chilling at home these these days. And yeah, just pretty much that. Um, but yeah, but I was gonna say, you know, sports has started up, basketball started up, and we have a lot to talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some good stuff, but mostly some not so good stuff because, you know, the Raptors have been doing something they haven't done since uh, 2014, and that's uh, be under 500. And I'm not used to that. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll just go straight into it. I mean, I know we decided to keep it kind of short this episode, or at least aim to, because, you know, it's it's New Year's, um, it's the holidays, and uh, yeah, I mean, we just want to keep it short before we get into the, the, the swing of all sports coming soon in January. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, on the Raptors, yeah, what for the first time in like eight years, right? That they have it, that they started uh, under .500, or first time in eight years that they lost a uh, their their opening game. Hmm. Um, it was kind of strange because you know, like everyone knew that the Pelicans were gonna make it an interesting contest, con- mm-hmm. but like by I think around the third quarter, it started just it kind of just felt one sided somewhat. And I'm not really used to that, which is crazy to me because this Rafters team has built its idea on playing strong defensive basketball. And you can agree with me that in the first two games of the season, that has not been the case. And yeah, that could possibly be because of the losses of Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol really starting to hit this team early. But I also think that we're not seeing good communication being developed between all the guys. And I think... Yeah, it's obviously concerning to see them being down 0-2, especially because it's a shortened season. But at the same time, I still need to see more before I can hit the alarm button. I mean, it's uncharted territory for a lot of Raptors. I agree. I completely agree. Uh, I think it's, I mean, it, again, this shouldn't be like a new thing. I mean, it's, it's because the Raptors fans have been, you know, experiencing success for so long. And that's all because of, you know, the, 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 the team that Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster built over all these years. But... Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get ahead of ourselves and, you know, start, um, getting worried. It's only been a week. It's only been two games. It's a very small sample size. We know the Raptors are a good team. We know they, even though they lost core pieces this off season, they're still a good team. We've seen what they can do during the, uh, preseason and they just hit a few bumps. Also, you know, 
the Pelicans don't underestimate the Pelicans. They made a push for the playoffs last uh, season and they went into the bubble. And although they couldn't make it, um, they played great. Now they have a healthy Zion, second year Zion, um, Brandon Ingram, and honestly, JJ Redick and, and Lonzo Ball played great as well um, that game. So, you know, it wasn't is it they it wasn't just a cakewalk because, I mean, the Pelicans are they are actually good, and um, yeah, I mean, just even heading into their second game, you know, they hit bumps. You know, teams hit bumps. Um, the Raptors got you know kind of a harder schedule right off the bat, um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that you know or, or blame it on the team uh, regressing. I mean, we knew regression was coming, but, you know, don't base it off two games. So I'm not too worried. Yeah, I think that's the, the major takeaway that uh, should be uh, viewed from these uh, first two games. It's still early. And the Raptors have a lot of new guys that are coming in. They're trying to figure everything out, just getting adjusted to the system. Um, and some of the younger guys are gaining more responsibility. It's an adjustment process. Mm-hmm. And... Like like you said, don't don't count out the uh, Pelicans. They they played a pretty good game against the Heat uh, on Christmas Day, so they're legit. Oh, for and sure. This thing goes for the well. They're not. I'm not gonna say that the Spurs are legit yet, but they definitely played really inspired basketball. Because uh, yeah, as you know, Demar Derozan's probably still feeling a little slighted by the trade, and uh, Poto probably to an extent as well. And a lot of guys on their former Raptors that try to up their game against their former team. So mm-hmm. I think that those are just two perfect storms. And now we come into a situation where it's Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Now there's no uh Gasol to have to guard Joel Embiid. So let's that'll be not, an interesting let's not thing. Danny Green. For. Danny yep, on Danny Green too. Yep. yep. A lot of motivations on all fronts. Mm-hmm. It's just I want to see the progression and development from these Raptors. And I'm hoping that that they they start to put together some better results defensively and that the offense can uh, carry on itself mm-hmm. because truth be told most of the pieces from that championship ramp are still here but the with up with a few obvious exceptions it's mostly the same so there's championship pedigree on this roster if this struggles continue yeah then it's uh, no excuses but like you said we still need to see more uh, from them we need, still need to wait yeah when we're weighing the positives and the negatives from these two games, the things that I could point out, though, like, you know, obviously I think mainly the Raptors shooting and and just finishing was was not good. Like, they could not get their offense going um, in those games. And they were, they were having a really hard time keeping up. Um, I do think, you know, a lot like you said, a lot of the new guys have to get into their, their rhythm, and, and Nick Nurse is going to work on the, the rotation a little more. Um so I, I, I honestly, I'm not too worried about that. Um, defense, you know, defense is fine as always, uh, in my opinion. And yeah, just like you said, the positive is just we're two games in. There's a lot of adjustments, a lot of changes, and um, you know, if anything, they have. Uh, looking at the, the 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 schedule for the next month, uh, they do have a, a good amount of you know easier teams or, or lower seated teams. So I hope that they can get you know once they get in the swing of things, it'll get you know the ball will just get go rolling. Well, let's put it this way. We may we may have some slight concerns about the Raptors now, but Clarence are probably devastated at any time Kawhi can't play a game, mm. especially after what happened the other day. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, uh, Serge Ibaka accidentally uh, elbowed Kawhi Leonard while going up for, uh, I believe, a layup. And, um, yeah, uh, he went down. He had to get stitches. Uh, he was bleeding, and, you know, 
<laughs> it's it's a big it's a big thing and, and i don't know if you caught the game uh was it yesterday like yeah it was yesterday the uh clippers mavs game the mavericks yep. destroyed them and oh, we're yeah. talking about the clippers here like i mean Kawhi. like that's Kawhi's team we already knew but really like you're gonna play like that without Kawhi leonard i mean the raptors wouldn't <laughs> the raptors had a good had a really good record without Kawhi leonard too yeah that that was probably the one the one thing that was like shocking to me because I was just nearing the end of my shift, and my boss, who's a big, big sports fan, is coming up to me. It's like, hey, did you see what ha- was happening in the Clippers and the Mavs games? Like, no way, the the Mavs are destroying them. It's like, oh my god, like that's, destroying, no way. destroying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not even close. And having the biggest halftime lead in NBA history, I had no idea that fit. That had never been done before. That's the the Mavs finished. That's crazy. The that Mavs insane. Yeah, the Mavs finished um, the half with more points than the Clippers ended up scoring the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, just quickly, since we have a second here, um, let's put your favorite, your early favorite, and your early surprise, like in a. Like wow, they didn't. I did not expect them to be this this uh, mediocre kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> biggest surprise, uh, honestly, I mean, the Cavs and the Magic both have been playing great, and they're both three and zero. And um, you know, there are teams that you'd expect at the bottom of the barrel. And it, like I said, it's too early to tell these things, so you know you can't jump the gun and say. But hey, they played some good games. That's all I'm gonna say. And uh. You know, they, they're definitely a big surprise. But honestly, yeah, I'd have to say Toronto. Uh, Toronto is a big uh, letdown. And uh, Golden State, in a way, because I know Golden State, they have a lot to readjust. Uh, you know, their team basically thrives around, or is built around the system that, you know, is built around Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. And without Klay Thompson, it's very hard to implement that system without one of the two mm-hmm. there. Um, but... I think I'm really surprised that, you know, Steph Curry's kind of struggled in the first two games. He actually did struggle. He did not look like the Steph Curry we're used to. But, hey, in the last game that they played, um, that they won, he played great. So I don't know what to expect out of the Warriors. Um, So far, they have been kind of disappointing um, just because, you know, um, their system doesn't seem to be working. I'm trying to implement Oubre and Wiggins into their system. But I think they'll – let's see if they figure it out. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. The the, the warrior struggling uh, has definitely caught me off guard somewhat. Yeah, I knew that they were going to have a tough uh, season this year, especially with uh, Clay Thompson out again. But just to see the way they've been playing so far, it's been it's been it's been surprising. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Brooklyn Nets had KD back, and they had uh, some promising games. Uh, like like that, they're they're going to be one of the top teams in the East. But I don't know. They have have you seen enough of them to say that they are for legit? That's what I'm con- somewhat concerning to me. Yeah, I get that. I mean, they look really good. Like, Kevin Durant looks like he's, like, at 95% already, right? Um, or if not, if he's not even at, you know, 95%, you know, he's already looking like that. So I'm scary. it's scary to see, you know, how much better he can get because he's already looking like the superstar he is. Um, and they look like they have the experience and the – uh, championship caliber to be a, a championship team and a contender. Um, but yeah, I don't think we've seen enough. We, you know, 
there's always going to be bumps along the along the road for these kind of championship championship build teams. You know, we've seen it with the Clippers. Um, so we'll just see how it turns out. Absolutely. Uh, before we uh, continue on this conversation, just want to give a shout out or just like some prayers to J- J- Ja Morant, the Grizzlies point guard who suffered a severe ankle injury just moments ago. Really? I did and not see that. Breaking news. He was uh, taken off in a wheelchair. So oh, that's uh, oof. it's a pretty tough yeah. uh, loss for the Grizzlies. And I know the Grizzlies fans have been pretty excited for about this coming year. Uh, with a lot of uh, young players getting big minutes, and Duran especially was one of them. So I hope he has a speedy recovery. Hopefully it's nothing serious. And uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Grizzlies are are a pretty up-and-coming team that uh, deserve some some good success, uh, and this is a a huge setback. Oh yeah, I mean, John Morant, like Rookie of the Year. Um, I Honestly, his game is unreal, and him and Trey Young are like the two guards that I'm so hyped to see. Like, I honestly think they'll be the two best guards in like 10 years, you know? Um, so it's going to be interesting. And yeah, but uh, I prayers up to him, you know, want, don't want to see those kind of injuries happening. So hopefully he recovers really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Grizzlies have been getting a lot better and largely in part because of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully uh, it's nothing serious, like I said. I hope, hopefully he comes back uh, and plays this season. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Let's hope it's not a long, long-term injury or, you know, something. Let's hope it's, if, 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 if you know, if it's an injury, let's hope it's something that can be, you know, solved pretty soon. But uh, mm-hmm. to wrap up basketball, yeah, um, I just want to, I just want to ask you, like, uh, do you think there was anything really troubling about the Raptors in those couple games or no? You know, it's just really just the fact that they've been struggling defensively is probably the big takeaway. Like I was saying earlier, defense has been the Raptors' uh, bread and butter ever since uh, 2014. And to an extent, that's always been their saving grace when they've struggled. Hey, at least they can play well defensively. Hey, they if they're uh, if they're going through dry spells, like where they just can't get anything to go, at least you could have salts in the fact that they have can get a stoppage and, and try again. We're not really seeing that yet. And like I said, that comes with having better communication because it's just severely lacking at this time. And if this problem continues as the weeks go on, then I'm going to be extremely concerned. Not just because is Nick Nurse the right man for the job, because there's no question about it. He's have a championship to prove that. But it's just more like, do the Raptors have the pieces and do they need to make aggressive moves in the offseason? And we're already having this question Three, two games in, but just with one game coming up, you know that's kind of concerning, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it is concerning, but uh, yeah, honestly, we'll just have to see. It's a very, it's been a very small sample size so far, so I can't be too concerned about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the. I think you're you're right. Definitely don't get too overreactionary to these things, but but be aware. That with a shortened season, there's little room for error. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's very true. It's not the same 82 game season. So, the Raptors, if they want to pick it up, they uh, they have to pick it up immediately. It, it really is that, and you know, even Steph Curry put it best. They have to win now. When you're talking about the Warriors, I think that's has to be every team's mantra this season. Yep. So, uh, yeah, and to, oh, go on. Big big game, big test coming up against the 76ers for sure, for sure. And we know we have uh 
not not so much a rivalry, but uh, there's some blood there, some bad blood between those two teams recently. So it, it, it'll be good. It will be. And uh, anyway, um, yeah. some 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 uh, Leafs are coming back to Toronto now, which is uh, bringing up some excitement to, turn, to try and change the conversation in a positive way. Hockey's coming back on my birthday, no less. <laughs> uh, and the Canadian division is officially happening. This was, uh, I believe, l- last week on our uh, our off our week off. Time the hockey officially confirmed that the season is going on, and teams are starting to slowly trickle back to their uh, new cities. And for the last couple of days, there's been a lot of sign- free agent signings. So hockey season is officially back in full force. And I don't know about you, but uh, there's quite a lot of storylines that I'm quite interested in when it comes to the Leafs. What about you? I mean, for me, a big one I'm excited for is, uh, at least for the Leafs, is seeing, uh, you know, what Joe Thornton can do. Um, we all saw the the Christmas photo, him with uh, Austin Matthews and, and William Nylander and them. Um, so that's good. They're already, you know, getting along. And, and I want to see, you know, we've wanted, we've, wanted, we've all, all wanted to see Thornton in a Leafs sweater for a while. So I think that'll be really fun. And, and, and it'll be an interesting storyline to, to follow. Um, you know, there's a bunch of Instagram posts that, uh, have been circulating around the, on Christmas. And one that really caught my eye was, was included Mac Hollowell. Mm-hmm. And that kind of took me off guard a little bit just because why is Mac Hollowell hanging out with Austin Matthews, William Nylander and Joe Thorne. Mm-hmm. But then again, he has been making some strides in the Leafs uh, depth prospect uh, system. So I wouldn't be too surprised if he gets some consideration. Let's let's not forget that he is a right shot defenseman. He's got some uh, edge on that front, and he plays a system that uh, Kyle Dubas and company have been trying to implement all throughout the Leafs organization. So I mean, it's way too early to forecast what's going to happen with Matt Callowell, but just the fact that he's even with uh, the Leafs big guns at this point. It should be very interesting. Something I want, I like to keep it, keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, if you get to chance, uh, you know, at the bigs, uh, that'll be interesting to see. Um, but you know, like I said, yeah, that's one uh, narrative uh, or storyline I'd like to see. And just honestly, just the all Canadian division. Uh, we already talked about how that that's going to be a storyline itself um, about you know which is the best Canadian team, who can win the division, things like that. It's going to be very exciting. Oh yeah, you know, just the, just after months speculation that it was probably going to happen, and then actually seeing it happening, and see the schedule that the it was just going to be a bunch of Canadian teams. This actually might work out for the Leafs in the long run, because if you think about it, the schedule has series, in a sense that the Leafs play a bunch of opponents two or three times in a row. That could be perfect practice for hey, series. Try and win as many as you possibly can. Because that's what's one thing the Leafs have struggled with for the last few years? Winning playoff series. So, if the entire regular season to do nothing but just winning series, maybe that could help. You know, that's just one thing that I'm thinking of. Obviously, it's just a concept, and I don't think thinking that way. But from a fan's perspective, that's something that uh, kind of intrigues me. So, yeah, this Canadian team's division is going to be ex- exciting to watch but maybe it could help the Leafs have a better mindset going up against an opponent 
the same opponent multiple times in a row. For sure. And let's uh, let's be thankful that the Leafs don't have to be in a division with Boston again. Um, for once, for <laughs> once. So, um, yeah, they won't have to worry about that. But we'll see what happens, you know, uh, come playoff time and how things are handled there. But, um, yeah, I'm just excited for the season to get started. Uh, things are coming to be- coming together as time is, time is going by. Um, so it's all looking good. It's all looking good. And I think the we're all probably anticipating this season more than any other season. Yeah, and I th- obviously COVID has a lot to do with it because it's making things uh, much different than we're accustomed to. But mm-hmm. at the same time, just the sheer uh, excitement of what these new divisions are going to be providing, it's going to be quite the spectacle, you're right. And if you're a fantasy hockey, uh, if you're interested in doing fantasy hockey, this might be the best time to do it because it's shorter. There'll be the same opponents going up against each other. And you might see... Some players that initially uh, have had down years probably elevate their game because they're playing the opponents they probably had the most success with. Like, if this was, we're talking like early 2010s, uh, from a perspective of a 2010 Leafs fan, it's like Phil Kessel playing the Senators 10 times in a row will probably boost his numbers. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Leafs fan from back then, you probably remember that Phil Kessel was, uh, loved playing the Senators. Mm-hmm. So he's probably a little bit upset that he's not playing them this year. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, either way, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I am. I mean, what I, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of curious about some of the, the other divisions. Like, is there any of, from, from those other three divisions, just off the top of your head, which teams really stand out to you as like, Hey, they might do something. Um, honestly, I don't know. I think the, you know, I think the contenders are still going to be the same contenders. Um, because for the most part, other than the, you know removing the Canadian teams, um, it's a, a lot of it is the same. Um, if anything, I feel like that East Division is going to be very tough because it's like combining the Atlantic plus the um, plus the Metropolitan, which in I mean majority is like majority of the contenders there are American teams. So removing the Canadian teams doesn't really take too much out of it. Um, but I'm just looking here. I'm just looking at the divisions, and you know I. If, if one was to stick out, um, one team, I think, you know, honestly, Florida, Florida might, uh, you know, Florida might have a chance because we know we, you know, being in a division kind of with this combined with like the old central division, um, they might, they might be able to get some wins there uh, against teams that are kind of aggressing there. Mm-hmm. You know, probably the Buffalo Sabres, you make a good point about the East. For me, the Sabres is probably one team that, that, really sticks out to me because the penguins are regressing this year. So are the capitals. I'm not fully sold on the Rangers yet, but they are, they do look promising. I'm, I think the Islanders are going to regress. The devils are not ready yet. So besides the Bruins and the flyers, there's probably a spot for the Sabres to make it as one of the third, as a third or fourth uh, seed in the East division. Yeah. This might be the year that Buffalo makes the playoffs. Possibly. We'll see because, like you said, a Pittsburgh and Washington are going to regress, but I still think they're a playoff team, and it's it's going it's going to be hard just because we haven't seen Buffalo play at that level yet, you know. And to make that jump in one year is, uh, is uh, you know, make that jump over teams like Pittsburgh, Washington, and New York, uh, the Islanders, um, it's it's a big thing. So we'll see how that is. But yeah, uh, going back to Florida, even you know, I was just thinking, yeah, 
teams like Nashville, um, obviously Detroit's not ready yet. Um, Nashville, mm-hmm. Chicago, Columbus, um, those are regressing teams. Um, Dallas just made a Stanley Cup final, so I'm, I'm confident they'll do well. But um, yeah, with those three teams regressing, Florida has a, has a has a way to, you know, they have an opportunity. Yeah, Florida. You're you're definitely right about Florida. They've got a pretty good shot at the Central Division. Uh, and in the West, just to quickly wrap it up, uh, the talk probably the team that could make some noise would probably be um the the odds on favorites because I have no idea how it's gonna play <laughs> out. I was gonna say maybe if anything, like maybe we might see the Coyotes. Um. Honestly, because, yeah, just yeah. looking at it, Anaheim, L.A. aren't really ready yet. San Jose is a wild yeah. card. We know they've had one off year, literally off of making deep playoff runs. Um, maybe it was just an off year. Maybe they are actually, you know, a bottom feeder team. But we'll we'll have to see how San Jose uh, pans out um, in the second year of kind of their regression. Um, so I, I can't speak for them, but we know Vegas, St. Louis, um, you know, Colorado – those teams are, are kind of locks there. So mm-hmm. I I got to say probably Arizona if, if someone was to sneak, you know, or make a jump. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Kings are not... I agree with you on the Coyotes, and I'm just going to just quickly say about the Kings. They may not be ready yet, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what Quinn Byfield does oh, uh, yeah. in his, for his debut season. For sure, for sure. I'm really high on him, just so you guys know. I am too. He's 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 honestly so good. Oh yeah, he's great. And oh, and, yeah. and the the Kings have a really good prospect pool that they've been building. They're gonna be. I mean, speaking of the uh, prospects and Quinn Byfield, uh, it, the World Juniors nice have transition. recently started. Yep. And mm-hmm. and there's been uh, it's been quite the spectacle so far for blowouts because <laughs> in the last couple of days we've seen Canada blow out a. De- Completed Germany sixteen to two, and the U.S. blowing out. I believe it was Austria eleven nothing. And there's all these comments about like, should the should Canada have scored all those goals? Should should they've been more respectful kind of thing? I mean, it's hockey. At the end of the day, they all want to win. There should have there there maybe should have been some like maybe put, taking the foot off the gas. But I mean, there's also some some sense of you know. It's if you have the chance, you try, and mm-hmm. it's just like it's just one of those weird scenarios that we'll probably never see again. Because if Germany was fully healthy, I can guarantee you wouldn't have been that wide the score. But you know, sometimes we see these odd scenarios for hockey scores, and I think this is just one of those times. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. The, the juniors have just been very entertaining this year and, and it's been it's been a lot of blowouts and honestly it's been it's been fun to watch uh, I haven't been able I've been pretty busy this weekend so I haven't been able to catch a lot of the games but just checking out the updates yeah it, it, it's, it seems very interesting and, and really fun tournament uh especially specifically this year and uh, honestly team Canada possibly uh could take it all oh they could. You know who's probably going to be the MVP? It's got to be the Austrian goalie because he's had to face uh, quite a lot of shots <laughs> in both games that they've lost. I think the first one was like 75 to 5, and then this one was 65 to 6. And truth be told, you cannot blame this goalie for 
having to be pretty much relied upon to keep his team in the game. Mm-hmm. So whoever he is, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, he deserves to get on an NHL team mm-hmm. <laughs> for his performance alone. Yeah, we're going to see. The World Juniors always, they're a huge thing in either increasing a player's draft stock or even just increasing uh, you know, a prospect who's already been drafted. Um, they're... Uh, you know, their recognition and their ability to make that jump into the NHL. So um, we'll definitely see. And, uh, you know, it's still early in the tournament, but um, it's going to be a fun next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, So you think Canada's going to win it all this year? They have a good team. They have a great team. I I agree. They definitely got a pretty good shot this year. Uh, Hopefully they, uh, they, they pull it off. But, I mean, COVID's been pretty weird this year. So you never know. Mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see so uh we will uh head into our football segment uh not much to talk about i know your uh your bills are playing right now actually yeah so we'll uh we'll try to wrap things up uh pronto but yeah i mean they're gunning for uh for the for for the second seed right now correct yes they are, they are. It's uh, it's not looking too good right now because the Patriots are keeping it close as they always do. It's uh, ten nine uh, Bills at the moment. It's probably going to be ten ten in a few seconds with the extra point, but the Patriots probably are just playing for pride at this point and maybe playing the role of spoilers. But I mean, just the sheer fact that the Bills are in this position to begin with, this late in the year, should give should Bill Gilfans confidence that this team is heading in the right direction. Now the Steelers are probably going to win the second divi- uh, second seed, just because they just won a big game against the Colts on Sunday, and they're probably not going to lose again on Week 17. So just even getting one of the top four spots shouldn't be looked at as a ugh, disappointing. They mm-hmm. should have gotten the second seed. But again, I feel like when next when it comes to next year, when the second seed does get the buy, there's a pretty good chance of Bills are probably going to be in the conversation for those. Oh yeah. So So, you know, the Bills, like I said, they've they've got they built quite the, the the football team. They've uh put themselves in a really good position and uh all they really need to do now for me to feel fully confident is that they went win in a playoff game. Because I feel like that's really the only thing that they haven't done yet is win a playoff game. They've been to two playoff series made the playoffs twice since 2017. Haven't done squat in either games. One was just a, a a blown lead, and I don't want to talk anymore about that game. But whoever they play, they have to win, and I think that'll be incur- an encouraging sign that they're on the right track. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of uh, trying to get into the, trying to do something in the playoffs, the Browns—they're uh, trying to get in the playoffs. I was just gonna say, you know, it must be nice to have a, a really good team this season because, I mean. <laughs> I'm 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 not losing faith in the Browns. The Browns, uh, you know, these bumps happen, but um, this is clutch time. This is when they have to be. They have to pull it together, you know. And uh, they they suffered another loss against the uh, the Jets, and uh, it was unfortunate. But you know, Baltimore starting to creep up already. Uh, right now, pretty much tied uh, with the with the Browns uh, for that second second and third spot in the uh, division. But, you know, they're creeping up. So, you know, the Browns, this cannot be the time to, you know, pull a Cleveland Browns and, 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 and you know, blow it. <laughs> Simply put. Yeah. Um, they have to get it together. And, you know, they've honestly, they've 
exceeded my the thing is I'll always I'll always hold on to the fact that they exceeded my expectations this season um for sure but you know you really have to pull it together here and, and show that you know you've already made that big jump as a team well first of all before I continue my my point I'm mad that the Jets didn't try and go 0 and 16 because <laughs> it was right there they had it right in their hands that they could have had Trevor Lawrence and they blew it and now he's going to go to the Jaguars that's the Jets for you. But to your point about the Browns, it's, uh, you know, the AFC wildcard race has been surprisingly competitive this year. You have four, five, I count five teams right now that have a 10 and five record going into week 17. Like, you, you're going to see a team with a decent record miss the playoffs. That should just tell you how competitive the AFC has become. And it's just no disrespect to like whichever team doesn't miss out. Like it's just there's just too many good teams and not enough spots to fit them all in. And I hope it's not the Browns because the Browns should does kind of deserve to be in the playoffs because just it's been too long. But I mean, like just just the reality of it. Miami's been playing really well. Baltimore's finally starting to catch up after a slow start to the season, and. The, the the AFC South is still on the line, so there's just so much competition in the AFC. I just really hope, like I said, I hope the Browns don't become the odd man out. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm saying. You know, pull it together because this is the time you you know you need to pull it together. And uh, again, yeah, Baltimore started out slow, and uh, I mean, on one hand, good for them, of course, um, pulling it together now. Um, but the the Cleveland Browns, they they. I know there is, they're still inexperienced, and that's the thing. So, you know, can't set their expectations too high, but they have to make the playoffs here, at least even a, even a low seed. They cannot regress anymore this season. Yeah. Big game coming up uh, week 17. Uh, let me just double check to make sure I get this right. It's the Steelers. A big game. The Browns are probably going to go guns a-blazing for that one. I would imagine I mean, that the Steelers the, the are going to try just, and lock up. The Browns just lost to the seed. Jets. But so did the Rams, and <laughs> yeah, the Rams did. But man, what a back-to-back going from the Jets to the Steelers! Um, yeah. Quite the quite the difference there. Let's hope uh, you know that the results are unexpected like before. Hmm. Well, here's a here's some interesting things that I've been looking at uh, just from the standings, because on the opposite side we have the NFC, and believe it or not. There are three teams still in contention for the top spot in the NFC East. Or should I say uh, NFC least? I know, pretty <laughs> under, pretty unoriginal joke there. Ha ha ha. But it's true. We're going to see a team win a division with a sub-500 record and have home field advantage in the playoffs. Odd season. It's an odd odd season, season, but I mean, yeah. But I, I okay. We have we have to we let's just sell this debate once and for all. Who deserves somewhat the most to win the NFC East this year? We got the football team, the Cowboys, and the Giants. All within striking range. Let me hear yours first. Because this is this is <laughs> this one's pretty tough for me. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's, yeah. this is it's it's this is pretty tough. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, um, it's pretty. It's really close, actually. It's just really close. <laughs> well, 
doesn't really matter because whoever wins this division is getting spanked in, in the wild card round. But <laughs> I digress. I, I might have um, to take. I'll say I might have to take the the football team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I'd most say the people, football team. Yeah, most people are going to want the Cowboys, but uh, the football team, I would say, probably deserve it the most. Mm-hmm. Well, one, one because Ron Riviera has had the cancer, uh, survived cancer, and it would be quite the story to see him uh, and his team make the playoffs. But just more so, I feel like they've been the best team of all the three that are remaining in contention. Defensively speaking, they might make it interesting. And yeah, like they, they, they've had some like a lot of uh, uh, tumultuous uh, uh, quarterbacks uh, trying to stay healthy and having uh, COVID uh, scares. Uh, but, you know, the football team, they probably are the best at built a team out of the three right now. And probably the team that wouldn't feel somewhat out of place. If the Cowboys made it in, it's just because of sheer dumb luck. And the only people that would be happy are Cowboys fans. Mm-hmm. And I have one Cowboys fan. He would uh, he would just go all, all he'd just give me a freaking rant all day just about how happy he is. Or just like how they, they didn't really deserve it. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah um but yeah with that uh i guess we'll wrap up the football talk we'll just have to see seasons wrapping uh up and yeah let's just hope the the browns fall together um yeah uh, i want to end this episode uh since we're going to the new year 2020 is coming to a close let's just reflect on some of the biggest uh the biggest moments of uh in sports in uh 2020 so i just want to ask you what are some of your favorite sports moments of 2020 we can do a pretty you know, short i think it's pretty easy just all the protests from back in uh for sure august and september not just simply with the nba and uh like all the play and the bucks walking out on their game and calling the authorities in uh, milwaukee to try and cause some action but for the wnba and all the women's sports leagues that uh once again, put made the push to for change, mm-hmm. and they started the trend again. And you know, kudos to the, all to all the women in sports that have been uh, really pushing for trying to make the sports feel more inclusive for everyone. And I think that was probably the best example from this year. And I have to say that all the protests were probably my favorite moment. I completely agree. I think that is the highlight of the year in sports. I think that's the highlight of the year. Period. But um just seeing it spread from you know men's and women's basketball to the other sports i mean we we saw it a bit in hockey and uh, although we've been harping that you know there needs to be change in hockey it's it's coming and we saw it and with i really liked you know the moment where uh matt dumba made his speech and and um mm-hmm. a few players took uh and knelt for the anthems uh in the nhl bubble also we've seen it you know in football again become a regular thing and uh i mean even in soccer you see it in baseball it's just spread and that's such a great thing to see um you know just seeing sports come together and and doing those things uh athletes going and protesting uh just a whole lot it's been amazing um absolutely so definitely that that is my highlight i think just the bubbles in general the nba bubble the nhl bubble the WNBA bubble um all of those have just been so entertaining and so fun um you know, obviously, just all the seasons that we're able to continue uh, despite the pandemic, uh, I think we really enjoyed it a lot more this year because of what everyone's been going through um, this year. So, you know, sports has been there, and that's such an amazing thing. Um, I love that. 
Absolutely. Uh, I just just to change it back to just plain old sports moments, because obviously, like I said, the protests are probably going to be my favorite moment, no mm-hmm. matter what. But if we're just talking about like just stuff like a game, yeah, like on court moments, play, mm-hmm. yeah, on court, on ice, whatever. There's two that really stand out to me. One, it's the Leafs' uh, dramatic uh, comeback in Game mm-hmm. Four. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be talked about for years to come as the moment that the Leafs finally figured out how to re- find resilience in adversity, and then followed it up with uh, being shut out in Game Five. But we don't talk <laughs> about Game Five. <laughs> but like we'll always be talking about that game as just what what a crazy moment uh, that was. Uh, and then I think the other one for me is the Bills playing the Rams earlier this year. And it was a back-and-forth affair. And on the last play of the game, Josh Allen able to pull off a drive the Bills a touchdown that won them the game. Mm-hmm. On my end, I think my favorite sports moments, like going away, from, I mean, bias aside, like uh, of course for the Raptors, but OG's buzzer beater, Game uh game three against the Celtics, that was amazing. Oh yeah, huh? that was amazing. And uh, I mean, we saw a lot of great buzzer beaters uh this season. Uh, another big one was Luka Doncic uh one again in, in round one against the Clippers. Uh, that was that was amazing to see. Uh, especially live, that was crazy. Um, and that 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 was just huge. Oh, yeah. And those probably sit at the top for me uh as well. And Trying to think, what uh, any any others? Jamal Murray and uh, Donovan Mitchell playing amazingly, yes, um, against very each good. other. A lot of great basketball moments. Uh, yeah, what about you? Any any others? Uh, you could say the Miami Heat's uh, miraculous run through the NBA uh, playoff to so the finals. That's probably a moment as well. Uh, the breakout performance for Jamal Murray has to be up there as well. Um. I gotta say, David Ayers. Uh, even uh, though, even though, why do you have to do this to me? Because we know, it, although it was against the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course. What a great story for David Ayers. Of course, yeah. amazing yep. story. Just a feel-good story. <laughs> although it was against the yep. Toronto Maple Leafs, just just a great moment. I have to say that. Yeah, and you could also say the uh, Nuggets uh, Clippers series mm-hmm. was one of the highlights of 2020. Oh yeah, but also the WNBA playoffs. You're you're right about the, the WNBA bubble. playoffs. Shout out the WNBA. Yeah, I really enjoyed it this I really year. Like, I think uh, uh, Shea Petty's buzzer beater was insane. Yeah, that's also up there. Yeah, uh, like you know what? This was my first time fully paying attention to the WNBA playoffs, and I have to say, I'm really impressed. Looking forward to watching it next year. Just saying, guys. Uh, don't uh, don't count out the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And uh, in hockey as well, the NWHL bubble is starting. Make sure you tune yes, in. Yes, that's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. So, so with that, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think you could, other than the protests and everything, with the, you know, with the, uh, social movements uh, that's been going on, that. That was de- that, those were definitely the highlight of the year, but I don't think we can name a real top moment of 2020 in sports. But um, just in terms of plays, yeah, like just it was an amazing year. It was, yeah. As as bad as it was, uh, just from COVID, I think everyone made the most of it as best they could, and we got to see sports 
if there were some sense of normalcy throughout 2020. I think that's something that was probably really great. Oh, Hopefully yeah. next year we'll see some uh, fan, more fans in the stadium and we won't have to worry about uh, going out and having to bring a mask with us. But stay safe, wash your hands, uh, social distance, and hopefully uh, you have a safe and healthy 2021, everyone. Yep. Um, we'll start wrapping up uh, just as usual. You can follow us on Twitter, me at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Leafs IMO. You can follow the Twitter account of our podcast at Behind the Net Pod. Hopefully in 2021, you'll see a lot more posts from them. Uh, I, I believe uh, there's going to be some Raptor stuff uh, coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It'll like, be great. It's been, no, it's been crazy this year. It's been a crazy year. We're right at the end. Um, there's really not much else to say, but you know. Hope you guys had a, ho- a happy holidays and uh, just have a happy new year. And and we'll see you guys next year. Next year. <laughs>